Today's episode is all about native advertising with none other than Joe Polizzi, episode 38. Let's see. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Beso, and every week I bring you step-by-step growth and online marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, amigos? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to me for the next half an hour or so. For today's episode, I have with me a legend in the content marketing world. His name is Joe Polizzi. He's the founder of the Content Marketing Institute, and we are going to talk about the difference of native advertising and content marketing. You're going to learn what native advertising is, why it is useful to you, and why it is not content marketing. Now, without any further ado, let's jump right into the interview with Joe. So, Joe, um, I mean, I'm super excited uh, for having you today on the show. Um, uh, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while because the topic that we're going to cover today is really, really special. I know a lot of people get confused by the term and uh, uh, misinterpret what, what it actually means. Uh, so I knew I had to have you here. Also, one of my marketing professors back when I was doing my MBA, he, he, he was the internet marketing the professor for the internet marketing course and... Uh, he mentioned you a lot, so you were a big reference on that course that was at Nova Southeastern University. Oh, that's wonderful. i got to send him a thank you then. Yeah, his that's, name is Gene, great. Gene Berry. Um, well, thank you, Gene. That's, that, that's awesome. It's nice that the, you know, Epic Content Marketing, my third book, has been used as a textbook in a lot of courses now, and then Content Inc. as well. So, I mean, it's, it, the, if we can get more of this influence with the, the college courses, university courses, I, for the most part, what I find, I don't know if you've seen this, but what I found is, is that content marketing as a discipline is not taught. Uh, we're still being taught more, more traditional means and then, of course, into social, but you don't really get into you know, why you should build your own platform and how it can drive your business. And so anything we could do around that. So, Gene, thank you. We need more genes in the world. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, Professor, there you have it. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're listening. There I'll you make go. you listening if not. Um, so, Joe, uh, how, what, what, what is it that you guys do at Content Marketing Institute anyway? We're training an education organization for enterprise marketers around the practice of content marketing. So we're, we're all about educating professional development. We do that through a number of different ways. We're best known for our big event, Content Marketing World, which is held every September in Cleveland, Ohio. Let, uh, just the most recent conference, we had 3,500 marketers from 55 different countries coming into Cleveland, Ohio for the event, uh, and we do online training. Uh, we do have a magazine every other month called uh, Chief Content Officer Magazine. We've been producing that since 2011. And then myself, I'm just out on the road wherever possible all over the world talking about content marketing and seeing if I can get as many people to listen, <laughs> listen as possible as I'm writing books and writing articles and whatever because there's just so much education needed in this area. Mm, that's very good. And what you mentioned a course, um, how do you go about that? So we have a number. So basically, beyond our, we have a lot of free. Um, so if you don't want to pay any money, obviously we've got two or three webinars a month that we do on the practice of content marketing. Uh, we have virtual shows that we do in the fall and the spring, 
but we have just our online training courses where you can go in, you can sign up. I believe we've got something like over 30 hours of recordings uh, from the smartest people on the planet talking about the approach of content marketing. And we have a seven-step approach which starts with planning and strategy and ends with measurement. And, uh, and basically, you can sign up for that. Uh, it's a year-long subscription. And then you can teach yourself you know, the, the discipline, the approach, the art and science of content marketing uh, depending on what you're trying to do, whether you work for a large company, mid-sized company, or small company. And all of this is at contentmarketinginstitute.com in one way or another, right? That, that is right. You go to contentmarketinginstitute.com, I'm pretty sure that we will have something for you in terms of wherever you're at, in your, whether you're a beginner at content marketing or whether you're more advanced. Uh, we have to cover all those bases. And uh, yeah, you can get that at contentmarketinginstitute.com. Right, yo, so let's jump into content right here. Um, what, what do you see is the problem with native advertising? Why do you see so? I mean, well, I read the story of the Wall Street Journal misinterpreting uh, the, uh, the term, right? Why don't you, why don't you uh, begin by telling us what it is that happened there? Well, I mean, the, the first thing to realize is that most people, and this is whether it's journalists, whether it's um, marketers, PR professionals, communications, they interchange the terms content marketing and native advertising. They're two very different things. If you look at the essence and the approach of content marketing, you're really looking at how do you build and own your own platform over time, build an audience, that audience begins to know, like, and trust you more. And then you can see some kind of a profitable behavior, maintain or change some behavior in some way. So that's the essence of, of content marketing. It's basically, how am I going to be a media company, except I'm not going to sell um, advertising or paid content. I'm going to hopefully sell more products and services. We've seen great case studies like Red Bull out there. Lego does an amazing job. Uh, American Express Open Forum, Procter & Gamble does some wonderful work. So we've seen, and of course, the, the new book I have out, Content Inc., talks about that specifically for small businesses and startups. Now, let's move over to native advertising. Native advertising, a lot of people get that confused, but it, it's advertising. You're paying for the opportunity to place your content on somebody else's site. Traditionally, you may have thought that as in like an advertorial. So when you open a magazine and you'd see something that says, this is sponsored by Capital One or whatever the case is, they are paying for placement of an, of an article. It looks and feels a little bit like content marketing because you're hopefully telling an educational story. You're not directly pitching. It's usually informational based. But the challenge that I have and, the, and what happened with, and I, by the way, I have no problems with the Wall Street Journal. I got great friends over there. But it, the same happens with, with them and a lot of other organizations that talk about native advertising. They just interchange these concepts. And you've got to make sh you've got to realize that if you're creating content on your own platform, let's say you're doing blogs, you're doing podcasts, you're doing videos, you're trying to create your own audience, you're paying for the creation of that content, but you're not paying for direct placement of that content. Native advertising, you are trying to Place that content on somebody else's site. Let's say it's Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Forbes. You want it to look and feel like the editorial that's being placed on that site. You know, BuzzFeed, by the way, does a great job with this where you know, they will help you create the content. But that content looks just like any other content you'd see on BuzzFeed except for the fact that it says this is produced by Reese's or this is produced by, uh, by Fidelity or whatever the case is. But it looks and feels like editorial. Now, 
the goals are very, very different when you look at the difference between content marketing and native advertising. Native advertising to me, now I, by the way, I think a lot of people are doing native advertising right now because, wow, we can get more attention. It's better than a regular advertisement. No, you know, you got ad blockers out there. Banners and buttons don't work as well as they used to work. So they're like, oh, great, we can have our advertisement be the content, be in the stream. Mm-hmm. So it's very in vogue right now. You've got a lot of money going in that direction. But if I'm going to spend my money on native advertising, which is fine, I don't have any problem with it, but I, my goal is to steal audience. Like I want to do that so that I can get in front of those readers that I'm trying to reach and hopefully get them interested in something else and get them back to my site. So I would look at the goals a little bit different than it's not an awareness play for me, although it is for a lot of companies. I really want to steal that audience ultimately so that I can have that owned audience. And I don't think a lot of marketers out there are doing that right now. And what what are some types of native advertising? So native advertising can be as broad or as niche and targeted as you want it to be. So from a broad standpoint, you could even consider something like Uh, a Google ad native advertising because it looks and feels like the other content that's on a Google search page, except for that it's maybe at the top or it's the right, or maybe it's a little bit shaded. But other than that, in all other ways, it looks the same. Same for like a sponsored tweet on Twitter or a sponsored post on LinkedIn or Facebook. It looks and feels like the content and it's in stream. You're not taken off to another page it's it's in with how you're engaging with that content is exactly how you engage in the advertise in the native advertising portion. Now, when we talk about native advertising from a content or a storytelling standpoint, that's where you are going to BuzzFeed, or you're going to your local your your regular trade magazine, your trade media site, Inc. Magazine, Fast Company, whatever the site is, they're all doing native advertising in some way. And at the top, it'll say sponsored by or this is a paid post and that looks and then it, it's a piece of content. You're not pitching your products and services, but it looks just like every other piece of content out there. That's why there's a lot of confusion around native. A lot of people think it's sort of like a bait and switch. And it's tough for publishers to do this in media properties because if the native advertise, if the content's not good, it's going to reflect poorly on both the brand creating the content, but more importantly, it could reflect really poorly on the publisher and the media company producing it because they could hurt. They could say, oh, well, I don't want to go to that piece of content anymore uh, or I don't want to go to that site anymore because that wasn't a valuable piece of content. So brands, media companies really have to focus on if they're going to run native advertising programs, it's got to be really, really good. So those are really the two different types that we see, but native advertising, if you're looking at what's the definition, it is paid. It is usually informational based. It usually tells a story. It's not about products and services, and it's delivered in stream. The user experience is not disrupted in any way like an advertising would be. Say, hey, look at me. You got to check out this uh, this great product or service I'm offering. You're, it's supposed to happen in stream so it looks and feels like any other piece of content. Right. So, for example, one way that I do it, and you'll tell me if this is native advertising in your terms, um, you can create a video on Facebook for Facebook ads, right, and promote it. But the video won't be a promotion itself. It would be uh, some information, you know, uh, informational content or educational content, right? Maybe a summary of a podcast, uh, and then promote it. Is would that be considered? Um, native, native advertising. It, 
if so let's go for to facebook, facebook. and for for facebook specifically if you are if it's a piece of content that is educational and you mm-hmm. then you are paying for placement on faith you're not just it's not just organic post you're actually paying for placement on facebook and it's one of their sponsored posts yes that could be that would be considered native advertising and what i see with what works for me for with uh, the reason i do native advertising is because a lot of um ad networks they uh they sort of give you a quality score for your for your ads and the lo- I mean the better score you have the lower your cost will be and native ads have super high scores and the costs are are significantly lower than than regular ads so i take a, an approach a sort of jab jab right hook approach on promoting educational content, promoting educational content, and then I retarget people that have watched that educational content where no promotion was being uh, made or done, and uh, to them I target uh, an offer after they they have been educated and they've seen some valuable content content from me on these networks, uh, taking advantage of this whole low score score thing. Um, and how's that working? It sounds like it's working pretty well for you. It, it works wonderful. I do yep. it to promote my my podcast episodes. Um, I do it to promote my blog posts. It works really, really well, uh, especially if you do videos because video advertising on on Facebook is still very, uh, very new, very underused, very with very low competition. Uh, so the cost is very low, and if you do smart things like uh, targeting. Um, I mean, tar- if if you want to target people in the United States, and but you want to pay less, maybe you can target people who speak other languages, but still are in the United States, still will still you know be ideal customers. Just they are not usually uh, targeted that much by other brands. Therefore, you will pay less. So you're featuring your your educational video to people, and you're paying even less. So it's all a combination of things in order to drive your cost less. And you know, not be seen as uh, as a push marketer, and then after you being, you know, you've created that no like and trust factor, you can promote your stuff with a classical ad, uh, a promotional ad offer, whatever it is. Well, I mean, I th- I think that approach works really well. First of all, advertising today to work really well needs to tell a story, it needs to be educational, helpful. Mm-hmm. If it is, it'll probably perform a little bit better. What you're doing is. Okay, I'm going to take that helpful content. I'm going to put it in stream. I'm going to target it really well, you know, using all the the opportunities that Facebook gives you. And then hopefully what you're hoping for is they'll go back to your site. They'll see, wow, this look at all this other great content. This is really good. I'm going to subscribe to your content. And then you get them as one of your own audiences. And then you can ep- sell them an offer, you know, once you build that trust with them. Precisely. That's a really That's a really good way to use native. Now, people need to know most people don't use native that way if you look if you go to most of the uh, the native advertising type po- posts or sponsored content posts that are available on your favorite website whatever that might be you don't see those types of calls to action you see it more as an awareness type of thing they're trying to position themselves as thought leaders around a concept which is fine but i like yours better <laughs> i mean i would i really want to i want to create an audience so if I'm going to spend the kind of money I'm going to spend, Facebook does a good job with that because you're right. If you're if you're if you execute and you optimize it, you don't pay as much for that because they want more of that kind of advertising that's going to help their readership out. 
But if you're paying for native advertising on a Wall, you know, Wall Street Journal opportunity, New York Times, Forbes, those things are really expensive, comparatively speaking, depending on how big your budget is. So you've got to make sure that you leverage that opportunity as it is to get this and figure out what is your ultimate goal. Is your ultimate goal to build your own audience at the end of the day? I hope it might be to, cre to create your own subscribers. Then you want to really look at your calls to action and how you get those people directed back to your own website. Correct. So let's say let's say uh, I'm a complete beginner. I have no idea where to get started. What would be w the next thing that you would have me to do if I wanted to get started with native native advertising? If I was going to get started with native advertising, I wouldn't start with native advertising. <laughs> so th th this makes no sense. But I'm gonna let me take you through this. What I want you to do is build your own platform first. I want you to build your own focus. Say fo focus on who you're targeting. Who is your specific audience? And then we talk about this in the book. What's your content tilt? What's your differentiated story that you're going to tell that maybe has little to no competition or not as much competition that you can actually have a fighter's chance of breaking through, cutting through the clutter, and people being interested in you? And you want to build that up first because if you do a native advertising post now and you're going to rent somebody else's channel uh, and, and place your piece of content on there, you want to direct them to something that's worthwhile like you do. Like they'll go to your site and like, oh, well, look at all these podcasts. Look at this great information. This is fantastic. If you don't have that already built up, you're missing a huge opportunity. And I think you might be wasting your money. So the first thing you want to do is build your own platform targeting a specific audience. And then you could say, all right, now I want to promote that content. I want to get this out there. I want to build my audience. I want to build more of my audience. You're like, saying, okay, well, where is my audience hanging out on the web? Which sites are they on? Then you can look at native advertising opportunities and say, oh, well, let's say most of your customers or your prospect types, maybe they read Inc. Magazine. You could say, well, Inc. would be a really good way to do it. I'm going to uh, purchase an advertisement on that site, but instead of a traditional ad, I'm going to write an article. I'm going to work with the Inc. team. I'm making sure that article is first rate. Here's my call to action. And when they go back to your site, then you've got a wealth of information that positions you as the leading expert in that particular area. You can look at converting that person into your own audience and take them down whatever buyer's journey uh, you have them go down. So that's the way that I would look at it. Focus on where you can actually be the leading informational expert around a particular niche that you're talking about to a particular audience. And then when you're looking at content promotion, native advertising should be one of your considerations. Okay. And what, uh, what are some platforms that, that, are, that have lower costs that you've seen? From a native advertising mm -hmm. standpoint? Yes. So the, first of all, figure out where your audience is at. So if you're in the, tra if you're in the trades, like let's say you're, you're a business, business to business company and you're selling to a particular, let's say you're selling to an engineer, then I, what I would look at is I wouldn't, you don't look at cost first. What you want to look at is where your audience is at and where your message will be most influential to, a, to an audience. So what I want to do is let's say I'm targeting engineers. I'm going to go to and say, make my list of, okay, who were, who are the media sites, the magazines, the bloggers, the influencers that are communicating with that audience on a regular basis. And you want to make that list. And that list should be about five to 10 long. And you can get that through, you know, going to sites like Alexa.com. You can do, just do basic Google searches and see who comes up. And if you're in the industry, you should know who the leading media companies, associations are, bloggers in that region, in that area. So list your five to 10 and then figure out, okay, which one makes the most sense for you? 
the best way to do it is then reach out directly to those magazines or promotional outlets to do that. So that's the, and then figure out what their cost structure is. You would like to do a longer program than a shorter program. Like I would never do a one or two month campaign. I would do something that's at least a six month campaign to get your, uh, to get your thoughts and get your information out in front of that audience consistently. So that it makes the most impact. So let, let's just, let's put that to the side for a second. Now you're asking the question, what's the most efficient from a cost standpoint, well, it really then again depends on what kind of a story you're trying to tell. Does an Instagram make sense? Does a Facebook make sense? Does a sponsored tweet uh, from you know on Twitter make sense to you? Depending on what you're trying to promote, mm-hmm. do you have the content to back it up? So when they click on those things, you've got a really compelling piece of content. So they they do something and they do take an action and they do subscribe to your site. So I would not even look at cost to, to start with. Because cost is relative. It really depends on you know how how much is a subscriber worth to you, how much is a conversion worth to you. Then you can figure out what makes the most sense from an optimization standpoint. You obviously you're looking at it and saying, well, I can target my audience very specifically on Facebook, and I can target a, a smaller audience because I can get really defined, and it's not going to cost me as much if I'm targeting let's say 5,000 people versus a million people. Cost structure is <laughs> huge difference yeah. between those two. So I would look at those. So I would look at your very specific media platforms that we talked about. Make that list of five to ten, and then I would also look at the general social media sites for promotion: uh, your Facebooks, your Twitters, your LinkedIn's, your Instagrams of the world, because they all offer uh, sponsor content opportunities. Okay, and um, would you consider reaching out to sm- smaller blogs and offering paid, you know, sort of sponsored articles? Would that uh, be considered nat- native advertising? It would be, absolutely. But if you're reaching out to a smaller influencer, smaller blog, I would never go to them first and say, I will pay to have my content on your site. Mm-hmm. So here's what you got to realize about a, a blogger uh, that, that doesn't have uh, a lot of overhead or a lot of infrastructure. Definitely. They're probably struggling like all of us are to create really compelling content. What I would do first so you don't have to pay for it, is say, reach out to them and say, hey, I've been reading your blog for a long time. I really like the posts that you're doing on X, Y, and Z. Uh, I've got a particular take on this topic, and here's the type of article I would really like to, to run in your publication that I feel would be really beneficial to your audience. Is this something that you would like to see? And may, if so, I'm happy to put together an original post that has never gone anywhere else and, and promote that on your site and would you like to have that? They might do that for no cost. They might, so you might not have to pay anything for that. That's a really uh, tried and true influencer model. There's a lot of companies, we use that model actually. I mean, we have, you know, 98% of the content on the Content Marketing Institute site is contributed by somebody else that has a really good idea and we want to get that really good idea in front of our audience. So it's a win-win. They're taking the time to create the article. We're giving them the promotion in front of our audience everybody's happy at the end of the day. So I would look at those models first and uh, instead of looking at pay to play. Now, if that does, if they say, no, we don't take any, then you can go to the secondary conversation and say, well, what if I sponsor that content? Do you have any sponsored content or native advertising opportunities? That's a secondary conversation. Right, and what, what are some ways of doing native advertising incorrectly so that people don't, don't actually do it? Uh, I would incorrect, and this is with any advertising. If you're just doing one or two, like if you just say, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend this money, 
take this uh, $10,000 and I'm going to place this article on this site or I'm going to work with the content team from that media company site and do that and you're one and done. Uh, advertising, you can look at any research on the effectiveness of advertising over time and it is more, it, it's actually more effective if you do it consistently over time. That's why I said if you're going to do it, do it for at least six months. Do it ongoing. Don't do, don't try to go viral, whatever that means. So say, oh man, I'm going to do a really good piece of content. What you want to do is that audience is probably not used to you. They don't know who you are. You don't have a, a recognition uh, to those people. So you want to get in front of them on a consistent basis. So I would do, you know, every other month for for six to twelve months or something like that. Do an ongoing program instead of spreading yourself thin. From a native advertising standpoint, I would rather you choose the vehicle, the, the outlet that makes the most sense, double down in that one, put more resources toward one than just sprinkling, let's say, native advertising opportunities all over the place. That's the biggest issue that I see with native advertising. The second one is the content has to be truly targeted to that audience, and it has to be helpful. You cannot do a bait and switch. This cannot be... Um, Really, you're disguising a product or service offering. Honestly, if you do that, you probably won't get your content accepted. This, the third thing is you've got to remember that in a lot of these really um, amazing uh, media brands that do native advertising, they will want to create the content for you because they're scared to have anyone else create content in front of their audience because it might be lackluster. And then that would hurt their relationship with their readers. So you're going to pay a little bit more. You got to be prepared to pay a little bit more. Like, for example, when you know Netflix did a really amazing program recently with the Wall Street Journal promoting one of their new shows on Netflix. Well, they're paying. Netflix is paying the uh, the Wall Street Journal to do to create that content for them. They're not, Netflix is not Netflix is guiding it. They're saying, here's what the goals are. Here's what we would like to see. But they're not actually creating the content. So you have to be prepared. If you go out to a lot of these sites, they're not going to accept any content from you. They're going to want to create the content themselves. If it's a smaller blog, if it's a smaller media site, they may take and then edit what you send. So it's a little bit differently. But if you get into uh, a longstanding trade publication, media publication, They've got some pretty strict rules for native advertising, and you don't have a lot of those rules when you go to the smaller players. Fair enough. That's, I mean, that's a pretty pretty important uh, thing to consider, given that you are paying, you're paying, you know, you're you're spending your 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 budget on it. So definitely consider that before you you move forward with with paying ads. So, Joe, who is Content Marketing Institute's ideal customer? Oh, so for, for CMI, our ideal customer, we're targeting a marketing uh, professional or communication professional in a mid-sized to larger company. So like, for example, at our event, uh, Content Marketing World, we had 40 of the Fortune 100 companies represented. Um, now, that's for Content Marketing Institute. Now, myself, Joe Polizzi, I, my, my new book, Content Inc., is specifically targeting entrepreneurs and startups. So my first three books were all targeting enterprise. You know, How do you leverage content marketing? How do you build your own audience, even if you're targeting multiple audiences uh, in large companies? So that, that was my first three books. But the most recent one was sort of a passion project for me. So Content Inc. is all about how can you use content marketing as an actual business model to grow your organization faster than a normal organization. So what we talk about, we have case studies all over in the book that talk about 
creating an audience first. So basically finding your sweet spot, understanding where your story is different, building your own platform, and then building an audience over time, and then selling products or services, and which is amazing because a few years ago, I didn't even know this was a thing. And now we've got dozens and dozens of case studies in the book that just have talked about these multi-million dollar companies that were built not by creating the most amazing product in the world. It was by building an audience first, and then they were launching products and services secondarily. So I've got two different audiences. CMI is one audience, and then the, the audience for the book that, that we're trying to talk about and sort of t- tell people that there's a different business model. That, that's, a, that's a completely different audience we're trying to target for that. And that's precisely why I asked this question on every episode and the uh, the, it's the only question that i ask to each one of my guests okay and uh uh the one that i just asked you about who your target audience is if you look back on each one of my episodes um on each one of the step-by-step strategies that i feature almost like 95 percent of the time 97 percent of the time all the strategies start by identifying your audience identifying who your target customer will be. And then everything that we teach, um, everything related to online marketing, uh, growth hacking, content marketing, etc., revolves around creating an audience and building trust. So I want to make an emphasis on that by featuring one question on each one of the episodes, and that's the one. And you, uh, you made a perfect example of that. Um, so, yo, thank you so much for, for the content provided. Um, I'm so glad I got to have you on the show. Um, where can people go to learn more about you? Oh, so, so I'm at Joe Polizzi on Twitter, P-U-L-I-Z-Z-I. And then anything on Content Marketing Institute uh, is contentmarketinginstitute.com. And anything on the new book. Uh, so the new book just launched, and I'm in the middle of a book tour right now. You can go to content-inc.com. There's a free chapter uh, free ebook, couple of different resources, and how you can get the book and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, if you want to just reach out to me personally at Joe Polizzi on Twitter, just give me 24 hours and I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. That's awesome. Thank you for that, Joe. You got it. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Take care. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Joe Polizzi. I hope that if you're trying to implement native advertising or if you have thought about using native advertising, this episode was useful to you and that you see the difference between native advertising and content marketing. Head on over to rebelgrowth.com forward slash episode 38 for the show notes and everything else. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you next week for another exciting episode on growth.